Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Grange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during and after their time on the programme. Okay, so welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I am absolutely delighted to say that I have been joined for this episode by none other than Sarah Sugarman, who played Jessica Samuels. Sarah, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Oh, Neil, thanks for having me. No, not a problem. Not a problem at all. I'm, I'm absolutely made up that, you, that you're able to come on. So what we'll do, Sarah, is we'll start this episode the way we start every episode. And if you can just tell us how you got into acting, how did that all start for you? All right. Um, well, I was from Rill, you know, where people from people from Liverpool like you go for their <laughs> holidays. You know? yeah. So I was from Rill. And back in the 70s, it, it really, you know, we had, as I don't know if you remember because I'm older than you, but there was like there was three television channels and it didn't start till about four in the afternoon and it finished at about 10, 30, 11. Yeah. So it was like a different world. There was no social media or anything. And I was just bored stiff like living in North Wales and I always wanted to kind of be on the telly and in those days it was like well you might as well say you want to go to the moon you know yeah. it just didn't happen but I was watching a documentary one night about a stage school and uh, there was all these kids in it that you know were, were at the school you went up for auditions for television and films and I used to go Saturday morning club at the cinema and there was this thing called Children's Film Foundation. And those kids were in that too. So after this documentary finished, there was a phone number and I rang up. Nice. I rang them up and I asked them, could I come and audition? And then um, I and they said I could. So I, I, I went to my mum and I said, can I can I go to London to audition for this stage school? Oh, I don't know about that. Ask your dad. <laughs> so I asked my dad, I said, can I audition for this stage school in London? Oh, I don't know about that. Ask your mum. I said, oh, I asked my mum. She said, yes. Yeah. And they, they kind of, so my dad took me to London. They didn't kind of check it out. They thought one of them had said, yeah. They took me down to, my dad took me into London. I went for this interview. And the next thing is I got into this school and I couldn't believe it. I'll never forget. I was like 14 and I was standing next to the kid from the road safety advert and the kid from like, you know, um, Bugsy Malone, yeah. just and like all these kids that to me were like famous. It was like going, like it was crazy for yeah. me. It was just literally like going like to 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 wherever Father Christmas lives, and he's <laughs> and you meet him and his elves. You know, that's what it yeah. was like. And uh, then this bloke came to the school really quickly. I was only been there a couple of weeks, and it was a man from the BBC called Colin Kant, and they were starting this new thing and they were looking for or it might have been on but I didn't know about it and they were looking for certain characters so we were all given like scripts to read and go in there well I would have bitten his hand off you know like yeah. and I, I almost did and I got recalled for it and another recall and then I got the job I can't tell you Neil I, it was like the most exciting thing that you could ever wish for in your entire life yeah. like I couldn't believe it. And in those days, like what used to happen is that the, the, the envelopes would come through your door, your letterbox, and it says BBC Grange Hill. <laughs> and, you know, in those days, they thought they, they'd exploit kids if they paid them. 
So the BBC used to pay us 10 quid a month for Granger. 10 quid a month. I don't know if anyone else has told you that. But back in my day at the beginning, unless they're only teasing, it was only me that got it. But uh, and everyone else got it. But I remember, like, you know, they sent you a car and I had enough money for a bag of sweets on the web spot. I made it. I thought I'd made it. And when you got there, you could have your breakfast. And the first day, I'm not even lying, when I knew it was free, I had I had five bacon rolls. <laughs> five! Because they were all free. I couldn't believe it. So that's my first memories of Grange Hill. And I just had the best time. Like My tutor was uh, Lynn Simonon, who was uh, Paul Simonon from the Clash's um, stepmom. Right. He'd married his dad. And she was dead cool. And uh, so that was like my only teacher. Yeah. And it was dead cool, man. I was like oh, dead stuff. And we'd be at the BBC and I'd go into Top of the Pops and Boomtown Rats were playing. And yeah. It was happy days, happy days. Brilliant, brilliant. So so you got the part then of Jessica Samuels and that was for series two. So it had been on for the first series, but it was only like nine episodes, the first series. So... But it was really popular, you know. Obviously, it became really popular in the second series. Then they said, "Oh, we're going to do twenty, you know, twenty episodes or whatever." And the thing, the thing about Jessica Samuels is she's really, really memorable. But she's only in four episodes, and that is that all she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Is that right, Neil? Mad, yeah. And is you that know, all? just like there are a few characters like that in Green Jill, who are only in it for a very, very short time, but so memorable because. Like the first time we see Jessica Samuels is obviously she's already part of the school action group and she's trying to get people to go to a meeting to a for a school uniform. And the thing that stands out straight away is just how militant Je- Jessica Samuels is. Like, you know, she's there. She, she, I mean, I say that, you know, was she angry? With her, but she just stood for what she believed in, didn't she? You know, yeah, she um, did. She, she did. She, she didn't care who she spoke to or how she spoke to them. About it, and um, she didn't. She didn't think the school council was any good. wasn't doing its job. It wasn't worthwhile. And she does a cracking line. She comes up with it's just a sop to make the kids in this place think they've got a, a say in how it's run. And you know, <laughs> you just think, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he wants to get rid of it. And she was like, "Oh, we should do. A, we should do a wearing." And and all the other kids were like, "Well, we'll get detention for that." But that Jessica didn't care about stuff like that, did she? You know, she she stood for, as I say, she she stood for up for what she believed in, and there's there's little scenes where like, and and it's it's really grain Jill, but I'm not sure if it would have happened in real life where they stop Councillor Doyle, who was a school governor, going into a council meeting to let him know that they'd asked every school council rep to vote for the abolition of school uniform. When I was at school, I didn't have a clue who my, who my school governors were. You know, and you yeah. just think, like, you just start to think, it's so grain Jill, but would it really have happened <laughs> um, in real life? But then she said, right, we're going to stage a demonstration. And they start wearing their blazers inside out. And I have to say, they look quite cool when the blazers were turned inside out. I thought, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that looks all right. That you'll, you'll get away with that one <laughs> at the time. Crane Jill was, you know, did have quite a, a bit of a was getting a bit of a bad name in the press, certainly from parents, because of they were saying, is it going to influence their children into how they behave? And Jessica Samuels was a, was a huge part of that. 
<laughs> to be honest. Yeah, because Phil Phil um, Redmond said that Jessica Samuels was his first um, brush with trouble about right. Graham Jill. I was the one who kind of uh, got him into trouble first, so I'm very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that, that is an achievement there. I'd be proud of that as well. But Neil, can I just say? Yeah. I, I had no idea. I was only in four episodes. It's like you know when you're a kid. And yeah. the house feels really big to you. Yeah. It's tiny. Well, that I mean, this thing felt so big to me. I can't believe it was only four. No, I'm, 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 I'm going. To, I'm going to be honest with you. I will level with you. This I get as as a, the people who listen to the podcast know. I get a lot of my information, or nearly all of my information, from IMDb, which I know isn't the most reliable of sources. Uh-huh. But there on 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 your IMDb, oh. Jessica Samuel's four episodes. Well, um, I'll, I'll believe it. I'll believe it. It just <laughs> felt so much more. It's amazing, isn't it, Neil, that it stays with you forever. Yeah. And it, for, and it turned out it was four episodes. I mean, that was amazing. So when you, when you are filming such a short amount of episodes, were you on set for the, the same amount of time as, as the others? No, would, would you, no you only get called when you're on set. Yeah, but I mean... I don't know. Maybe it was for. We'll have to ask Phil Redmond. But <laughs> but it certainly. I mean, it took a lot of me life up. Yeah, it really did. So find it. I mean, listen. I don't know is the answer, but I'll I'll go with it. I mean, like it's amazing that was only in four episodes. But if they say I was, I'll trust <laughs> them. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, I was in it a lot. I made lots of good friends. And do you know what's so weird, Neil? It's like a lot of them died, man. I mean, yeah. like my little group, because we were kind of a bit older, uh-huh. but they all, they were so lovely. We were meant to be like fourth formers, I think. Yeah. And like Tucker and everyone were in second form. So we were older. But uh-huh. a few of those I uh, that I was working with, a couple of them like passed away, which uh-huh. is like very cheery. Sorry yeah. to cheer <laughs> up. Sorry, Hill. Okay. sorry, darling. Right. But, but, they, but they live forever on old Grange Hill. Yeah. It was a fantastic time. And I was very radical in it. The other thing that happened was that they say, who's that boy in a skirt? Because yeah. I was like, such a tomboy. And I was so angry in it. And uh, my dad had a, a boy's shop in North Wales. So I was always used to dressing as a boy. And I was kind right. of... Like in those days, girls really didn't get a look in. You know, you had to play those. Even at school, you had to do like skipping or the balls against the wall juggling thing. Yeah. And all the lads got to play football and have a good time. So I was just such a little tomboy. And then, like you know, so I remember them going, "Who's that? Girl? Who's that boy in a skirt?" Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you had you had like short hair as well, didn't you? You know, yeah. If people would, if people didn't know. Yeah. Oh, um, then, then they would assume that <laughs> that Jessica was a boy. Not you, Jessica. Um, oh, very good, Neil. Very good. <laughs> you just mentioned uh, Tucker there, and there's a scene again, which I, I think this may well have got yourself and Phil into trouble. Where Tucker goes to Sag and yeah. says to them that kids who had free school meals shouldn't have to sit on separate tables. Which, to be fair. It's it, it a it's a very very valid point. I thought, yeah, a really valid point. And Jessica says, "No, he's right. Let's do something about it." So she gets up on the tables and then sort of says to everyone else, "If you if you agree with me, get on the tables as well." So there's all these kids on, yeah. And, and then Jessica starts shouting, "We want the head." That was it. We want yeah, the head. That's it. That's it. And and then Mr. Llewellyn turns up, and everyone gets down straight away. 
but Jessica doesn't. <laughs> she, <laughs> she she waits like to let him know who's in who, who's uh, who's in charge here. I yeah. think. And, yeah. And I just think you know, like like I've already said, she she stood for what she believed in, and, and she wanted him to know that it was it it was down to her. Like that that that's why that's why they were doing it. I know it's true. I mean, like you know, Phil Redman's really really uh articulate about it he says grange hill is is like it was really realistic but very aware that you never get to voice anything in school so it was kind of like wish fulfillment grange hill it was yeah. like realistic but it gave through these characters kids the chance to have a voice Definitely. when they didn't have any voice yeah you know i i always cool. say that there's certain characters in grange hill who say things to the teachers that kids want to say like you've just said there, but 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 yeah. we're always you know never never been able to do it because never. in that scene Jessica does actually deliver a very it's a typical one but it's a very articulate speech about children on free school meals and how people yeah. should know if they're on free school meals and 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 she's right in everything she says she's totally well right at the time. she's totally right I mean like Phil was really a clever writer and I I mean I. Look, as a person, I 100% stand near that. That's where my heart is. So it was easy for me to kind of be direct. But I have to admit, I didn't know half of what I was saying. (laughs) I had not a clue. All I was like is, look at me, Dad. Look at me, Mum and Grandpa. I'm on the telly. Like, you know, it's more like, because I just sent home and I was doing this thing. It was like massive going to the moon. But I look back at it now. I know that I can stand behind it. And I liked the character. Yeah. But... Like, I look back now, and I'm proud of Jessica Samuels, you know. I wish there was more people like that. Yeah. And I know there are loads, <laughs> you know. And, and that unfortunately, it's like, I, I'm sorry you're going to hear my politics now, but that's it right. is a bit Jessica Samuels, so that's <laughs> all right. But, you know, like, every working person and, and people like you that were on the dole when they left school, that never came for nothing. That Like, the people in charge who take power, they take power off working people. They, they, you know, they wouldn't give it for free. There's always been a fight. There's always been Jessica Samuels on many levels, yeah. you know, and without fight, all these rights get taken back from us. And I'm really proud of that character for that reason, especially in the climate today, you know, where we are now that, um, you know, you have to working people have to fight for their rights and stand up and have a voice. And um, if you can say it politely and be truthful and assert yourself and people will listen, that's always the best. Yeah. Failing that, whatever it means to get the result. <laughs> no, I mean, like we've said there, the fact that she did all those things, some of the time it worked, some of the time it didn't. So the head yeah. teacher said he agreed with it on that one yeah. about, the, about the free school meals, but it would still only be done through the school council, you know, so he was sort yeah. of given one hand and taking it away with the other. Yeah. Um, and it, someone says to her, says to her afterwards, oh, it looks like he's he's got one up on you there. And she says something like, eh, well, we'll have to find a way to take it back then, won't we? And he's like, my word, what are you going to do now? And then she, then, then she tries to sort of stop people joining in school sports till it was abolished. But... Missed, she went against, She went up against Mr. Baxter, and I, I'm sorry, sorry. I, <laughs> there's only going to be one winner there. I, I, I have to say that, like, pick your battles. I mean, true, man. Michael Cronin, who played Mr. Baxter, an absolute 
absolute legends of a man. Yeah. Not not just Grange Hill, just you know, and everything else he's done. Do you, yeah. do you have many memories of working of working with Michael? I remember him being frightening in real life. <laughs> he was like that in real life to us. He was a bit of a teacher in real life. It was a bit scary. But yeah. he was brilliant, you know. He came in, and he did have that authority, you know. Mm. He did, but it was like going next to the scary teacher. Yeah. You know, it was funny that with the teachers, that when the, you know, between action, they were a bit like teachers. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come out of character. No, no. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're a method actor, you don't do it, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the, there's a bit there when he tells them to move off the field and no one goes. And then he says, I've got no intention of telling you twice. And everyone yes. sort of looks and goes, right, okay. And, every, and everyone everyone leaves. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've all had teachers like that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like I say, you know, pick your battles there. Yeah. But then the action group wouldn't give up. They they held a picket line to stop people doing sports. They didn't want the lads to go and play cricket. So they use, um, the, the cricket team have to use a bit of subterfuge and go around a different way of the school so they can get their lift oh, from yeah. Mr. Baxter. Which, they went a different way around the school. And Gary Hargreaves and his mates turned up. And, you know, Gary Hargreaves played by uh, Mark Farmer as well. And yeah. uh, another one, sadly, no, sadly no longer with us. He was lovely. He is there again, but then she's so undeterred. There's going to be another demonstration, and more people joining this time. And then they were invited. A delegation of them were invited to the head's office to discuss it. And he said they need to make sure it was it was the majority of the pupils because they're all well. It is the majority. Well, no, it's your fifty or sixty people that are, that are behind the students. Actually. <laughs> So then there was a staff pupil committee meeting. It wasn't called a school council. For whatever reason, in this episode, it wasn't called a school council meeting. It was called a pupil staff pupil committee meeting. And the vote goes uh, against them. They're going to keep the uniform. So they then organise a sit-in in the secretary's office. Yeah. Where they, uh, but they got locked in by Mr Llewellyn and Mr Garfield, the caretaker, on that one. So Jessica rang the paper to tell them that there was a full-scale riot going on. So when the press got there, Mr Llewellyn charmed them, sweet-talked them round, and even gave them free tickets to the school play. <laughs> <laughs> so, brilliant, you know all the plot. Yeah, go on, yeah. Dennis. So they started sashing the office, but then Mr Llewellyn walked in, stopped them, and the students' action group was banned, and Jessica Samuels was expelled. You just shows you, you know, <laughs> always ask about who's got the power and why yeah. they've got it. Mr. Llewellyn. So, cream. <laughs> so that was, so did, did you know when you got the part that it was only going to be for that series? No. Right. Absolutely not. They did. Right. You know, I was too busy being thrilled to be on telly yeah. to, to know anything else, man. I mean, I was grateful as well, Neil. I was just grateful. I mean, you know, I was dead. Not, I mean, literally, it was my first acting job. I'd uh -huh. done like one, I'd got a commercial before and then this. And it was like, it was just so massive that if you'd have given me one cough and a spit, it would have been <laughs> massive. Do you know what I mean? So like, 
it's kind of great that it was memorable because she was pretty radical, wasn't she? Yeah. She's proper like a little Marxist type. Yeah. And um and and I guess I didn't really my my dad owned a shop, so we were quite posh where I came from. <laughs> so but but I didn't realise my own politics then, but huh. now I'm a fully formed human and and I'm just dead proud of Jessica Samuels. I think, you know, look, it's better if you can do it within the the realms of um not getting expelled you know <laughs> um but but well i won't tell you obviously what happens in the feature but you know phil redmond when he want, knew i wanted to direct it uh-huh. um he 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 wanted then to make the the central kind of drive of it from jessica samuels because uh-huh. in a way you know she was only in which I didn't realize four <laughs> episodes so it wasn't a major player but yeah. but then you can put everyone around that and that's the that was his approach and and it turns out like it's a really clever idea actually on many levels obviously I've read the script um and uh, I know you'll be I'll wait for you to ask me questions but okay. but yeah I'll shut up then okay all yeah, right yeah. so we, we'll just we'll just go back to well, you know when you left Again, Jill, and you've said that you know you 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 were really grateful for having that opportunity. Yeah. But how did you feel when you sort of found out that you you weren't going to be called back? Too naive, Neil. I was too right. involved with people on the top of the bus saying, "You're that girl from Grange Hill." <laughs> You're that. I was just so chuffed, man. I mean, like, I I, I hadn't caught up with any of it. So, <laughs> in terms of career or wanting more or any, I was just over the moon. Yeah. It was beyond my... I've never had any of this. So, like, literally kids on the bus going, we've seen you on the telly, and can I have your autograph, and you're that girl from Great Job. It's just beyond my belief. And... And it still happens to this day. You're that girl that was in Grange Hill. You were in Grange Hill. You know, and it's like... It, it was just fantastic. Obviously, it would have been great to, um, you know, have a regular part, but I, I was chuffed. That's all I can tell you. And And... You know, Tucker, Todd Cott, he was such a nice lad. And he, and yeah. he, I think everyone was so young that they didn't have ego about it. They just did what they were told. Uh-huh. I look at it now and it's like, God, that was so well cast. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody is kind of memorable, aren't they? Yeah. It's There's no one in it that is a bad actor. No. Apart from me, I'd say. You. <laughs> well, no. Uh, no, you, you, you're doing yourself a disservice there. No, because I'll say that. Because you continued to act, didn't you, after after Grangeville. And, you know, looking there at your CV, Juliet Bravo. But the, the first thing that really caught me eye after that was Metal Mickey. Oh, yeah, be, Metal being in, Mickey. I just being in Metal Mickey for me, you know, that that that's you know, if it couldn't have been in Grange Hill, being in Metal Mickey <laughs> would, have, would have been tremendous. They were good shows. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure kids nowadays feel the same about theirs, but well, you know, for me they were great shows, really. Yeah. And and there's something that I wanted to talk to you about because I remember watching this, but I don't think I watched it when it first went out, which was those glory glory days. Yeah. Um, and now I must have watched that when I was more into football. So 1983 wouldn't have been a time I would have watched it. But I loved it just because of the story behind it and the fact that, like, by then, or I'm not a Spurs supporter, but I, I knew Danny Blanchflower was. So I must have been a little bit older. I must have done a bit of history. But I, also, I don't know if you know this, but there's three Grange Hill teachers in those glory, glory days. Because Chris, Chris Jory's in it. He played a journalist. Yeah. 
He's lovely, Chris Jury. Yeah, he's been on this. Absolute wow. legend. He's been on here, yeah. And then Stuart Organ and David Strawn both played. What did they play? They, they were um, the Tottenham footballers. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So that's just a nice little link there. Like, and then that's lovely. You did. That's so lovely. And and uh, did you know that um, Anthony Minghella was the script, script editor? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Isn't yeah, it? brilliant. Um, and I did his first play for today on telly as well. Wow. No, I love doing those glory glory days. That was a fantastic job. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, it was all. You know, as I said there, it's spares, so you've obviously got to go in White Hart Lane and and and, oh, and, and all that. Like, it was amazing, and it was the first feature film on on foot on Channel Four yeah. when it started. You know, and it was like, and and they were all fourteen by that time. I was twenty, but right. I actually had to load of weight and kind of act like a fourteen-year-old. It was yeah. fun, man. That was oh, a great job. Brilliant. And then you, you did mine there, faint-hearted feminist, feminist, yeah, and taste of honey, which. Oh, a, I love doing that. Tony Armour Traden's in that, and he was in Grange Hill oh. as well. Was he a teacher? Yeah, he was in a Grange teacher Hill. in Grange Hill, Mr. McCartney. Yeah, and he's Joan Armour Traden's brother, isn't yeah. he? He's such yeah. a nice lad. He passed away as yeah. well. Yeah, great. He was a legend. Um, he was lovely. And then there was Sid and Nancy. Yeah, um, where you played, you played Abbey National. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know. That was fun to do as well. I'm sure there were some Grange Hillers in that. But, but you know what? There may well be, but I haven't got that down in my notes, so I apologise on that No, one. Neil, you're amazing. <laughs> you're like, you should go on a Mastermind and that Grange will be your specialist. My, uh, my my general knowledge would really let me down on Mastermind, <laughs> I'm afraid. And then... Slightly, obviously, more serious than was Escape from uh, Sobibor. Sobibor, yeah, that was a great job to do, yeah. actually. Funny enough, yeah, it was just lovely. We we shot it in um in in the former Yugoslavia in Belgrade uh-huh. with a lovely bunch of actors, and Jack Gold was uh, a lovely director. He was so lovely. It was a massive, big American thing, and 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 I had no idea even then of like pecking order. And I remember Rutger Hauer's big car, and I just got in it with him <laughs> and asked for a lift. But he didn't throw me out. He didn't throw me out. It was a fantastic job. I was very lucky. It's brilliant to be an actor, you know. It's yeah. like, I miss it. I do miss being spoiled. Yeah. You just kind of, it's just the fun job. But it's hard waiting for your next job yeah. and all of that. But I was very blessed because I, I kind of never had to wait once it kicked in. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's the best job on earth it is. There was one thing, because I used to watch this programme, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a Grange Hill fan, so obviously children's drama it, it, it was an interest. But I remember watching this, it was Streetwise. Oh, um, yes. the, Now, you played Angel. If I, if I yeah. remember rightly, you were married to Owen. Yeah. And Owen was played by Andy Serkis. Yeah, lovely Andy Serkis. Now, did you have any idea at that time, just how, what a phenomenon, Andy Serkis would become. I don't think Andy did. <laughs> no, I mean he was just a, again such a lovely lad, and I think we did three, three yeah, series yeah. of those. And and um, he was just so lovely. He was nice. He was. He was a look. No, no idea at all. But like I said, I don't think Andy did. <laughs> and I look at all the other actors in that. There was like um, Patterson Joseph, who's That's a it, yeah. lovely actor. He's a brilliant actor. 
but but Andy just did so well and and so clever with it. I mean, you know, he's got his own company. Not only does he play those brilliant characters, he yeah. also yeah. runs that massive worldwide company, doesn't he? The CGI, yeah. oh yeah, uh, yeah. animatronic for animals. He'd he'd just be correcting me what I'm saying now, but <laughs> he's just a, he's just a legend and yeah. what a lovely man. Like I, I, I always think that when I first saw the fact that. Andy Serkis was going to be at Gollum. I just thought, that's that bloke from Streetwise. <laughs> Literally the first thought I had. That's that fella from Streetwise. so brilliant. You're like an absolute expert. You, you're like an expert in British television. Yeah, well, nine... I mean, that, yeah. that's very kind of you to say so, but as I say, I rely heavily on IMDb, I have to say that. Fine, um, fair enough. And then... So you did Casualty and you did The Bill. But then also yeah. round, round about that time, you started sort of moving away from the acting side. Yeah. Um, and you uh, started directing and writing yeah. Yeah. And, and producing as well. Yeah. And when you look back, was it Valley Girls was the first? Yeah, it was. Did? Well, the very first, what happened to me, is I went to film school for it because I'd always wanted to be part, you know, like when I was a kid, I used to invent little stories and, right. and all of that. And then I wanted to, like when I saw it, like in real life, I, I kind of wanted to find out, always wanted to be on the other side doing more, but I never thought, you know, a kid from real, that because these people all go to Oxford University yeah. and all of that. So I never thought I could. But then what happened is, I did a little film for Bournemouth Film School. Right. And and then I thought, I want to come here. I want a bit of this. And so I went to Bournemouth Film School for a year and I absolutely loved it. And I came out of that film school with a little a little film called Up the Valley. And then it won um the Welsh International Film Festival, which gave me 30 grand, which was wow. enough to make my next film. Yeah. So then I made Valley Girls, which was another short film. And we went over to to L.A. to make it. And it was in all of the papers at the time because there was a, a, a lady that I'd met up in South Wales. And she was a cleaning lady at the school. Uh-huh. And a friend of mine, Molly Parkin, said, oh, go check her out. She'd be good in your little film. And her name was Wendy Phillips. So she was brilliant. She was so funny, this woman. So I thought, well, what would happen if Wendy went to Hollywood? What would happen to Wendy? So I did this little film where where she wins a holiday on the back of a packet of of cereal and she gets sent to Hollywood. And anyway, uh, I had come across when I was at RADA, I'd come across Anthony Hopkins because he gave me a bursary to pay fees while I was there. So I said to Wendy, when I get back, I'm going to ask Anthony Hopkins. I'm going away to write this thing, a little short film. I'm going to ask Anthony Hopkins if he'll be in it. All right. And I said, oh, and there's this other part where kind of you meet this kind of Tony Curtis character. She went, all right. I go away to write this thing. I actually went to L.A., an excuse. It was only 20 pages. (laughs) I went on holiday to L.A. I came back and um, I get a phone call at 7 a.m. This is no word of a lie. I get a phone call at 7 a.m. Um, can you come into Sky Studios for the news this morning? I went, why? <laughs> and I went, well, haven't you seen the papers? I go to the corner shop. 
Wendy, the cleaning lady, was on every single, the front of every paper from the Times to the Sun, saying Mrs. Mop goes to Hollywood holding a mop. <laughs> and what had happened is the local paper in Wales had um, had seen, like, uh, I before I went, I, I did this little thing for the local paper saying, I'm taking Wendy to Hollywood, we're going to make a little film. And then someone in London had seen that and said, is it true? Got hold of a number. Well, that's right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm doing a film with Anthony Hopkins and Tony Curtis because she got it all wrong. And then I'm like, oh, my God. So I ring Anthony Hopkins because I had his number because he gave me the bursary. I said, I'm so sorry. This has come out all over the newspapers. I'm so embarrassed. He went, just go along with it. Go to the news. Say yes. Say I'm in it and do wow. it. So he just what he said to do it. So bless him. And I did. And it was like she was on the 10 o'clock news. Her face, this Wendy Phillips, she was fabulous. She was a cleaning lady up the school, like I said. Yeah. And on the 10 o'clock news, her face was in the Big Ben. Wow. News. <laughs> and she was like one of the questions in um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And I mean, it, she was like the mad summer story. They gave her... A diary, the Telegraph and the Mail gave her a wow. diary to write a diary when she was out in Hollywood. And she was one of the funniest people you'd ever met, naturally. <laughs> and so they kept interviewing her and it just grew and grew and grew, kind of like Susan Boyle or Eddie of the Eagle. It was like yeah. mad at the time. And one of these, I will go back to Grain Jill, but she said, they said, this American lady said to her from the news, ABC News, what's the difference between being a school cleaner? And and um, cleaning the school. Oh, sorry, being a, a film star and cleaning the school. She said, well, when I clean the school, I have to get up early. I get there. I get down on my knees. I scrub the floors. I have to clean that blackboard, do all the windows, clean the lavies, and film is just bloody boring. <laughs> That's what she was like. Anyway, back to Grangeville. Oh, brilliant. No, I love that. I love really? that. And then that film was... Um... Won the won BAFTA, didn't it? The Valley Girls. Yeah, it was. Well. It was. It was. Um, yeah, it was like it did really, really well. And then all I I did was everything I wrote. I wrote thinking about Wendy. What would happen <laughs> if Wendy did this? What would happen if Wendy did that? And I'd sit in Wendy's kitchen and listen to her stories of her family. And then that's how I made my first feature film based on a true story from the village of a real Annie Mary. It was yeah. called Very Annie Mary, wasn't uh -huh. it? And yeah. um, and it was the true story of uh, of this girl that had won this massive singing prize and her uh -huh. dad was the baker, but he, he wouldn't let her go. He was dead strict. Right. And so I kind of just would listen to all the stories and then make them into the shape of of a feature film. This was the first one. And, and then I was told to submit it to Sundance. And then it won yeah. out of 5,000 <laughs> entries. I couldn't believe it. So yeah. we got to make it. And that was fantastic. Brilliant. And then because it won something else. It won the best screenplay as well, didn't it? At the it did. US it Comedy best, Arts. It did. And that was amazing. That was Oliver Stone gave me that prize. So I had wow. one from Robert Redford wow. in Sundance. <laughs> and then I went to meet Oliver Stone. And then Judy Dench gave me a prize here, the Orange Prize for Screenwriting. It was like unbelievable, Neil. Wow. And it was only my first feature. I was like, what? <laughs> so I, I, there's a few. I need to ask you this because there's a few films where you've been the writer, the director. And the producer as well. No, I'm not really a producer. Right. As a director, you have to hustle sometimes. So, you know, like I'll go and hustle and but I'm not really a producer by nature. 
I mean, know? it'd be like asking Jessica Samuels to be calm. Yeah, it just, it just seems like a lot of work. That's all I was thinking for it to be a writer, the director, and the producer. It just seemed like a, 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 an awful a lot, lot of work. An awful well, do lot you know what do. it is, Neil? It's like these films are so expensive. I mean, like they're proper expensive. Right. They cost like millions, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so you have to like, you know, it's it's like you have to really really hustle yeah. and i went to bournemouth film school and if anyone's thinking i would to go to film school and uh, get it i would honestly suggest bournemouth's a brilliant place uh-huh. and they used to they used to kind of train you as a director to like write and and produce because the more empowered you are you're it's like it's like having a shop you know, yeah. it's like having a shop. You're the one who's going to get up early with the keys and open the door, you know. And it's like, that's what they kind of encourage you to do. It it takes optimism and tenacity um, to, to get a film through. None of them are easy to get through. And and um, so, you know, there's times when, when I've produced, which means basically I've hustled for the money. Right. That's what <laughs> it means, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were just taking on uh, three wages. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it says produce, you can guarantee I haven't been paid. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so there's been a few more, like you did Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and you did... Yeah, that was great. And Vinyl. And I know Vinyl did quite well in... Um, oh, like, things I love... Like sound, yeah, best, sa- best soundtrack and stuff like yeah. that, like... I love doing vinyl. I mean, I made that for like honestly, like no money whatsoever. Right. Like, like literally forty thousand pound, and um, of of my own money that I'd got these shares, and I'd bought Apple shares, and then they went mad, and I got like all this money. <laughs> so I just put it into a film, and and everyone came and did it, and I think I gave everyone ten quid a day because that's all I had. Right. And and you can only do that once, you know. But I yeah. absolutely loved doing vinyl because it was like you don't really because these things are expensive. You don't get to make them on your own terms. You've always got people with money over your shoulder and the politics and everyone. You know, it's massive all of that. But it was just fantastic to kind of do it in my hometown. Yeah. You know, and just it was just nothing but a lovely time with lovely people. Absolutely loved it. And then the opposite of that was Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen for Disney Studios, right. which was amazing as well. But that that at the time was 23 million. And oh. that was quite back in the day, wasn't it? 2004. Yeah. Yeah, and just like you just had the world at your feet, man. It was like mental for a girl from real to be at Disney Studios and my dad I was able to bring him over for his 75th birthday and uh, yeah it was just one of those wonderful things that happened Neil it was wonderful yeah which do you prefer then the acting or the directing as an experience yeah I if I if you ask me what I prefer as an experience I do love directing because you're never for a second uh never ever for a second bored not right. for one second and you don't have to learn so many if you're an actor in that position where you're never bored you have to learn so many lines yeah i don't know if i could ever learn them you know? <laughs> um, but as a, as a director i loved i love being that engaged and and then i love i love character acting but i kind of 
you know, I kind of, I, if you'd have told me I'd ever give up acting, I wouldn't have believed you when right. I was young. When I was doing great, there's no way uh-huh. I would have ever given up acting. It was what I was put on the earth for. And I do miss it because, you know, I do absolutely love it. And I love the challenge of technically doing stuff, you know, uh-huh. where you kind of transform yourself as well. Although yeah. you often get typecast, there's times when you can transform. But it's 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 so immersive that i prefer to use that energy uh, to do directing and writing to be yeah. honest Neil. i yeah. do oh brilliant and then you know there are, there are more things you've done you did hallelujah and the cracked paved roads uh, yeah and then a bit closer to home you also did a, a little bit later on eastenders well i've never done telly i've right. never done telly neil so I was living in L.A. and there's lots of things that, you know, they haven't got an IMDb that I've done. The thing about making right. films and writing films is if they, you know, there's so many times they get into development, then they collapse or they right. don't get made or you write something, but it doesn't get made. So I'd spent a lot of my years writing in L.A. Right. Okay. In Hollywood and, and writing, making my living writing scripts over there. And and in a way, it's good because you can never get a bad reputation because they don't get made. Yeah, it's okay. You get paid, you know, yeah. and you learn your craft. And then I came back here to live about three or four years ago, and and I I'd never done any telly, so I thought, well, the way back in over here is to do the BBC Directors Course because it's quite you know it's quite a competitive gig that if you can uh-huh. get it. It's, it's you know, like Anthony Miguel, a load of the directors on Grange Hill would have started on BBC directing. So I just thought, you know, I applied like and and in the second wave I got in, I got down to the last two and then they gave it to someone else. And then the second time in, I got it. And um, and it was like training up for EastEnders. I was about to do a block and then COVID happened. So they oh, sat us all down. And then I got um, a movie for Sky Television, which is Sky Original Movies, which was fabulous. I loved doing it mm-hmm. called Save the Cinema yeah. based in Wales. And then um, EastEnders came back and said, do you want to come in and do some? So I went and did it. And then, you know, I kind of, um, I, yeah, I mean, I learned so much doing EastEnders, just the technical thing, mm-hmm. because when you make a movie, you're kind of much more on an equal footing with your team. You know, it's like you will start the same time and you finish at the same time, more or less. Um, But on television, on episodic television, you walk in, you do an episode and you leave and then you come back. So it's more like you're a visitor. So it was another discipline. And I'd never worked with, you know, they've got their way. And if you don't, when you make a feature film, the director says the way it's going to be and everyone has to you know lean into that on episodic television for the first time i had to do what they um, did and and their approach and i had none of those skills like it was all very about about um organization whereas i'm all about emotion and color and Uh you know so i had to learn very quickly maps how to map for four cameras in one go yeah. And you get an hour a scene, you yes. know. And wow. so you, you stand there. You, I was fine with the blocking of the actors because I'm used to that. But um, it was the best technical exercise ever. And I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. Um, 
but I've just been busy developing features and, um, you know, getting ready for Grange Hill. Yeah, so that does lead us nicely on <laughs> to a question yeah. that I would normally ask around about this time as we're coming sort of, you know, a little bit towards the end. Um, yeah. So recently, there's been talk of a Grange Hill movie. Um, you know, <laughs> Phil, Phil Redman's writing it. Um, what do you think of the idea of a Grange Hill movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, I just... Do you know what happened, Neil? <laughs> like you, I saw it. Like I saw it in the paper or on uh-huh. on the. I was like, oh my god! I wonder if they've got a director. And I rang up Kellen, who's um, yeah. from a company called Madders Bird. Yeah. He was in Granger. Kellen Jones he? was Mr. Green. Jones, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was Mr. And, Green. Um, yeah. Oh, he's a lovely fella. And I said, have you got a director? And he went, well, no. And I said, please, please consider me. So I talked and I met. Um, Phil and we got on great you know from the man who wrote Jessica Samuels comes the man who likes Jessica <laughs> yeah. Samuels so we just got on great and he's such a brilliant man I absolutely think the world of him and and so we kind of have been talking and getting this right the the screenplay and you know it's a different kind of exercise in a way He's, he's such a clever writer, but, you know, he also is used to television that goes on for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And he's got like, like what, an hour and a half to do this one. Uh-huh. So it was a new thing and he and he just was brilliant at it. And um, I'm dead excited because he's a, you know, Phil Redman's writing. You, you kind of don't ever need to mess with it because... He's just got such a strong voice, uh-huh. you know. He is Grangeil, you know. It's like yeah. look how iconic this is. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? That one yeah. man kind of—he's just got this atmosphere. He just creates this brilliant world. So it was—it was an honor and and really exciting to to read his voice and and have Grangeil come back. And it's uh-huh. got loads of the stuff that you know young people deal with now. Uh-huh. Um. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's a very good idea, Neil. <laughs> so, when when I was I saw you on, on the news the other week with, with Phil Redmond, they were saying Jessica Samuels could well be a, a focal point yeah. of the movie. Is that right? Can, can you tell us anything at all well, about that? I think, you know, let's put it this way. She's, she's figures substantially in it, but... Right. Phil says I have to audition like everyone else. Right, okay. <laughs> to play the part of Jessica Samuels. Now, that, I've that... got a neighbour who says he'll be gutted if it's not me. Uh, I mean, that's fair it. enough. Having to audi- actors, should, should, actors have to audition, don't they? Yeah. That, that, that's fair enough. Now, every time I, I do a, a podcast now, an episode of a podcast, I've started this thing where for the two weeks before the week before the episode goes out I do a yeah. guest the guest competition and I put picture clues on social social media of who it's going to be and if the first person that guesses who it's going to be gets to ask a question so the first person that guessed the last episode was Gavin Schumach and Gavin's question for you is there's been talk that there will be characters brought back or little cameos or whatever. Obviously, Grange Hill was on telly for 30 years. Will the movie contain pupils and cameos from all areas of Grange Hill 
or is it just going to be concentrated into one or two? Uh, I would suggest that it will be from all of them. I right. mean, obviously, yeah, like like they'll be representing their time uh -huh. because, you know, I can say this. Grange Hill is a community. You know, yeah. the world of Grange Hill was always a community and it remains so. And in uh -huh. the feature film, it's that as well. So, you know, you've got people who've, who are grand. You've got, you know, kids. If this is four years ago. They're grandparents yeah. now. Yeah. And their parents now, you yeah. know, and um, so yeah, I think I don't think people will be disappointed. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. I mean, there was because it, it came out, the talk came out last year, and then we didn't hear anything for ages, and there was all sorts yeah. of rumors. You know, was it happening? Had it been shelved? And then all of a sudden. Two or three weeks ago, it was all it was all back on the telly, all back on the news and and, and the papers yeah. and everything that it, that it was going to happen. So I'm 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 really really looking forward to it. And oh. as I said in the last episode, the fact that the fact that Phil Redmond is involved and you've just said it there about is, is right. It, it, it's believable, isn't it? His writing's believable because a hundred percent. I mean, I think you know it's not kind of like. Uh, reinvented it is like genuine Grange Hill and yes. uh it's you know I think he's just such a quality writer he's brilliant and yeah it's genuine Grange Hill and uh and it's and it's and there's a nostalgia obviously for uh -huh. us all but it also has to stand on its own for young people yeah. to be interested and it has to stand on its own for other countries because you have to sell them abroad yeah who didn't know what Grange Hill was, yeah. you know. So so it has to work on many levels, and I really honestly believe it does, and I'm thrilled to be part of it. And I'm just so grateful to you, Neil, for doing this podcast and and for keeping, you know, it alive because it, it certainly deserves it. it it's, it's almost like, uh, well, it's part of popular culture. And, yeah, definitely. And, you know, so... Yeah, we'll have a good time. Oh, no, You'll have yeah. to come and visit. Yeah, look, I, any if there's an invite for me, I'll uh, I'll Neil. be there. Definitely. So here's the invite. <laughs> You're welcome. So you. nearer the time, I'll tell you, and we'll. Uh, oh yeah. Or you reach out to me if I blooming forget. I, I would love that. It. Sorry, I'll, I'll be honest. Come and visit us. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you need, if you need an extra, you know. You a, in. A, a bald and overweight teacher in the background. I, I can do <laughs> that for you. Um, All right, doing it. Just need to make a small interjection here. As during the edit of this podcast, I realised that I hadn't asked Sarah when the film was due out. I've since been in touch with her, and she has told me that, in her words, that will be a Phil Redmond slash Mad as Birds call as to when the film will be released in her again in her own words she is just a humble director okay so that's yeah. that's the movie that's uh, it, I honestly i honestly can't wait so as i say uh, just said earlier on, we are coming towards the end I've, I, that that would be my first question what do you think of the movie and then i've got a few more about it i i mean i don't know how much you watched Green hill or whatever when you were a kid but other than jessica samuels who was your favourite character? Uh, well, funny enough, I did really like uh, the girl that ran the student action group. Um, <laughs> re um, but I think, like, who was my favourite? Well, look, I loved George. 
I love right. Tucker. I love Zamo. Yeah. You know, and Terry Sue Pat, what was his character Benny. called? Benny Green. Benny. What a little darling. So all the boys. <laughs> Fair enough. All the boys. <laughs> Being the boy in the skirt. Yeah. Um, and if you if you couldn't have played Jessica Samuels, was there another character you would have liked to have played? Well, it would have had to be Tucker. Right. But it would have been Tuckerette. <laughs> I'd have been Tuckerette. I would have liked that. Brilliant. I mean, it was great, wasn't yeah. it? It was so great, man. I mean, like, all of them, Zamo. I mean, it's like, you remember them all, don't you? Yeah. They were really great. Whoever cast that, because casting is not easy. No. It's not. And, and you know, to, they're, they're really clever to get it right so often, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're, they're all memorable, aren't they? But, yeah. yeah, I guess we're talking for me the early days, you know, the early days. So there's nothing wrong with, with that at all. Like, as I say, you know, said to you, and you've mentioned the fact that it's like, you know, 40, well, 45 years ago now since it started Mad. and the fact that it, you, people do remember these characters. And again, Phil Redmond's writing, you know. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 and when you've got Anthony Mangella on board as well. I know. Um, People are going to remember, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. So then, all the, right. The final question, Sarah, and you've already ex- explored this a little bit with what you said about the movie. Why do you think there is still such affection for Grange Hill? I. It's interesting, isn't it? I've kind of spoke. I've asked people this, like you know, and and it's like because they were living it at school. This is the answers I've got. Because they were living it at school, um, they w- and because it was so believable, the characters and how it was shot and everything, it it as as kind of you know it it's in their bones as if it was their school. Uh-huh. Like I I I was talking to um, I was talking to someone recently, and um, she said to me that she was at a party a couple of Christmases ago. Uh-huh. And she ran over to a bloke that she was at school with. She was like, I remember you. I was at school with you. I was at school and he's looking at her like she's bonkers. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 I remember this. And and it turned out he was in Grange Hill. But she thought he was at school because she'd come home and watch it. And it was so part of her yeah. school that she kind of, her memory got it mixed up, you know. Yeah. So And also because we didn't get that empowered at school to say those things. So... So, you know, it's like the school, you'd come home from school and watch the school that was like your school, but you've got to say things you yeah. couldn't say at school, you know. So maybe that's why. But yeah. it's thrilling that it touches people. It's like the nearest I've ever been to being in a pop band, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, Neil, about it is very interesting. It's like, you know, when you make a film, you have to get stars. Yeah. But Grange Hill is the star. Yeah. You know, it like Grange Hill is the star. It's like, it's brilliant. And that's Phil. He made this brand, if you like. Mm-hmm. You know, he made this whole world, which is the star. And the people in it aren't as big as Grange Hill. Yeah, I get Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm pulling that forward with me. Well, yeah. Sarah, thank you so much. I could, it's I genuinely, an pleasure. genuinely couldn't believe it when you said, "Yeah, I'm coming on." I was like, "Wow!" I don't. I just found out she's the director of the movie, <laughs> and I'm going to be talking to her as well. So I'm, 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 I'm absolutely thrilled that you've been able to come on and and give us your experiences, not only from Grange Hill, from 
from all the other uh, amazing work that you've done as well. It's it's been it's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Thank you, darling. Well, it's you. absolutely a pleasure to come on and talk with you. And I'm honestly, I'm in awe that you you take this time and you all this research and all this passion you have for Grange Hill. Thank you. And uh, I, I welcome you to come and and, and come and be. Be part of Grange Hill the movie. I, I, I'm there. I'm, I'm there. Right, no no well, questions asked. No questions asked. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming Pleasure. On and, and Pleasure. Giving, giving us your time and your experiences. And to anyone that's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, darling. <laughs>